game two of the regular season for the Phoenix Suns, an overtime thriller in Portland. Phoenix goes up to the Moda Center on a quick two-game road trip that includes Portland and then the Los Angeles Clippers. And in overtime, the Portland Trailblazers end on a 7-0 run. And Matthew, there goes the undefeated season for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> 82-0. Yeah. It's not meant to be. I'm sorry, my friend. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm sorry for the exaggerated laugh. I don't know where that came from. Because it's not <laughs> funny. They lost. They're one and one, you know. Uh, dude, so many good looks at the at the uh, the basket for the Suns, though, to end the game, like in the overtime, heading to the heading into overtime. Booker had good looks, like they just didn't fall. It yeah. was just one of those games. It was really good looks, especially the last one by Landell. Good look, and then Eddie Johnson gets a little picky, saying, "Oh, you have time to bring it down, get a good shot." It's like, dude, you it's fucking so- one second just. He had a good look. Yeah, you, good, you bring it down, and so then you much. like let Nurkic come, and then you go up and you get blocked. So it's just like, yeah, yeah okay, okay, Eddie, okay there, bud. <laughs> love you, love you, Dad, stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> love you, stepdad, but you were wrong on that one. No, it's uh, obviously it's disappointing coming on this podcast knowing that the Phoenix Suns were pretty much in control of this game. I mean, Dame Time had forty-one points in this game, and the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. kind of took care of everybody else. They they looked good defensively in a lot of spurts. Uh, they had some lineup combinations out there that were really uh, defensively minded and uh, attentive and causing disruption for the Portland Trailblazers. But ultimately, yeah. you know, at the end of the game, the, the game plan that was working for Portland kind of all game long ultimately won out and that was just attack the rim and get to the line. And that's what they were doing the entire time. And come the end of the game. I mean, they hit their free throws. The Phoenix Suns didn't ball game, right? Yeah. Aiden had his chance, his big clutch chance. I know, man. It was his first time. I feel like having the, the weight of the game on his shoulders heading to the free throw line. I think that's the first time in his career, Yeah, but it'll get him next time. I guess. I don't know. He's usually a good free throw shooter, man. I think they should just cut him now. I mean, yeah. I mean, if that costs us anything, yeah. What's right? the point? What's the point? Just DA, you're gone. You know, like yeah, we got Landell, dude. Yeah, we're good. Shot we're good. Cut him. Yeah. <laughs> she cut him too. Cut him uh, too. Dario Sarch is going to be our starting center from from now on. So, uh, plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So, we thank everybody who's joining us, whether you're watching along live on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. If you happen to be in Facebook, go ahead. Hit that little button down below. That's the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell notification button as well. Hit another hit buttons. Just start hitting buttons everywhere. Just if you have an O button on your keyboard, hit that because you're a lucky son of a bitch. If you are listening, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a f- leave us a five star review. That means you rate five stars. And you write a little description in that five star review, and we'll read it right here in the pod. Uh, outside of that, make sure you, sh- you follow the show on Twitter. We have some very new, exciting promotions going on uh, with a new partner, uh, Sahara Bets, Sahara, Sahara Bets, and you can only get you can only win things if you're following us on Twitter. So you, you got to follow us there. Make sure you follow me at Darth Voida. Make sure you follow Matthew at Matthew Lissy. And it's Friday night. I'm feeling okay. Feeling all so, right, huh? So I'm gonna pop open this uh, very expensive and very high in alcohol content. Uh, lumberjack ipa <laughs> it's a nine percenter uh crack them if you got them Suns fans and i'm gonna be wasted by the end of this bad boy Ooh, sounds so good let's talk about game two of the season a loss to the portland trailblazers
So, yeah, it was a loss, unfortunately, for your Phoenix Suns going up to Portland, as I mentioned. And, you know, I know it's I know it's early in the season. Uh, I know that these things happen, although it only happened, what, 18 times total last year, you know, but I think it brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Yeah. What's a take foul? What's a take fell? You know, it's funny. I didn't even see them when they happened. Did you? Like they yeah. weren't even on the screen. Like I feel no, like they, no, were no, they weren't on the behind. screen. Yeah, they, they yeah. weren't on the screen. That's the issue with this whole take. Foul I shit. thought it was the guy with the ball if he gets fouled, but I guess they're fouling off the ball. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's kind I mean, of it's what it's still it is. slowing the game down. I think it's just the adjustment, right? Once the NBA kind of adjusts to it, then it'll be fine. But it doesn't really do much right now because you still don't have the fast break. You still have the fouls. But you get one more shot. But I feel like no one really gets the point right now. Like they're not really, they're not feeling themselves when that, whenever a guy gets a steal, it's always an angry foul. They, they still do that. They'll get used to it though soon. I hope. Yeah. I think what it is, you know, I, I was thinking about it a little bit. And so I, I caught part of this game driving home. I got like the first half driving home and I got to listen to our boy, John Bloom and Tim Kempton and nice. Tim Kempton hates the take foul concept. Like he hate he was he? the whole time because and he's he's right in this capacity where a lot of guys like, like essentially what's happening is in typical NBA fashion they've taken something that on an international rev- level makes sense right the whole point of a take foul is to avoid stopping the uh, you know stopping teams from stopping the fast break right you know it's a three on one uh, I'll just foul a guy real quick and then we know we didn't give up an easy two and it's just a foul and if you're not in a shooting foul situation you take the you know it's side out right. Yeah. But essentially what the, what teams have done is they've realized like all I have to do, I know that the referee is watching the ball come down the court on a fast break and I'm up here. Right. So, you know, the sun's got a three on one, but in this case, it was a lot of time it's Portland. They have a three on one and campaign standing back there and he's backing up and a guy will just go run into campaign and just like launch himself into the first row of the crowd. And then in the corner of your eye, you see that you're like, foul. That's a take foul, you know? So they've taken something that's a good concept and they've ruined it. Like, just like, you know, the extra step and, you know, everything that they do, they try to seek that advantage. And that's what we saw on multiple occasions tonight where the Portland Trailblazers took advantage of the new foul. And while the fast break was starting, they figured, hey, instead of getting two points on a potential fast break, we can get the we can get the ball and then set an offense and then try to get two again. You know, so, I mean, for a three point player, they can hit a three on that, and make it a four point play. So they're they're taking something that's nice and beautiful and they're ruining it. That's what they do in Portland. They take nice things and they ruin it. <laughs> yeah, they're the uh, they're the place where you can see everyone sitting in the front row has their uh, hair color like different colors. I mean, I'm like, oh yeah, it's it's Portland. Like everyone just has their hair. <laughs> um, I was thinking too. Like I'm like this thing's kind of slowing down the game a little bit. Yeah, but I think it'll be okay. It's just weird because in the beginning of the season you have to work out the kinks. As soon as Chris Paul kind of gets up to date with our with this offense, it gets in shape. Hopefully, then the take fell will start to work out kind of in the same range as anybody. Everybody gets in shape and then the rest can figure this thing out because there's going to be a lot of flopping and the floppings like you can't see it unless some guy hits the the, the hardwood floor like really hard. Then the rest is going to be like, oh, that was a foul, right? You know, like the blind foul they call all the time. They always do that. All the time, man. Yeah, but but will they ever get it right? I mean, the refs couldn't can't get shit right ever. And uh, it was you know, a weird night with the refs. It was, it you know. Was. Obviously, you know, one of the things you look to is the fact that the Portland Trailblazers shot thirty-one to thirty-six from uh, the free throw line. The Suns were fifteen of twenty-one. 
Uh, total personal fouls, it was 29 on the Suns to 19 for the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, part of that mm-hmm. is, you know, I'll give credit where it's due. Like, Portland pretty much had two ways of attacking the Suns in this game. You know, one was Dame time, right? Like, Damian Lillard, yeah. unconscious as he can be, uh, ended up going, what, 5 of 12 from beyond the arc. Uh, he was 12 of 25 overall, had the 41 points. But he's also 12 of 12 from the free throw line. And that was kind of the attack. It's like, you know what? We're going to shoot the three ball. We're not going to shoot a ton. They were, uh, what, 10 to 29. You know, it's so nothing crazy. It's yeah. not like one of those teams that's shooting 45 three-pointers against you. You know, they, they, they shot 29 threes. But what they did is they used the three as an opportunity to open up the lanes, and then they started attacking the lanes whenever they could, and they were getting the calls. Some of them were, were justified, and some of them were, you know, some just some good flop jobs and some bad whistles, at, uh, you know, on the road for the Suns. And that's just kind of the NBA and its way it goes sometimes. Yeah, the way the players play, is, you you summed it up perfectly. And when they actually get to the rim, though, they're so good at perfecting the yard, especially Damian Lillard drawing the fouls. It's just part of his game. It's automatically called, even if he's rolling on the floor, traveling with the ball, and then someone reaches over. I think it was Okogi to try to jar the ball loose. The yeah. guy is rolling like he's on fire, and they actually call it yeah. you know, a foul. On a Kogi. It's, it's a travel. And, and, and a Kogi was like saying, yeah, that's a travel. Call that. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I don't know. It sucks that we're going to have to do this again, but that's the one thing going into the season. I hope the, I hope the Suns got better at was kind of drawing the fouls, getting to the line. That's going to be something, especially in a game like this, where it's so hard fought. It's so physical. It's like, you would think that they would go to the line a little bit more 21 attempts. It's okay. That's good for the Suns. I feel like, but in this kind of game, I feel like you should get to the line even more. Um, they just got to work on that, man, because that's going to be big in these games, dude, because the way the Suns are, these teams are going to be very physical with them, especially after last year. They might seem kind of fragile now to some teams where it's like, oh, we can just punch these guys in the face and we'll be OK. And that's kind of what happened tonight. It wasn't a blowout, but it gives these teams a chance in the end to really, you know, come out with a close one like tonight. Well, yeah, again, I mean, if if they are ultimately plus 16 at the free throw line, that that's what kept him in the game because the Suns outplayed him. You know, I yeah. mean, the, the Suns shot 45% from the field and 37% from deep. Uh, the Blazers shot 43.9 and 34%. You know, but ultimately, and and the, and the Blazers were, you know, the, the Suns shot 12 more shots than the Blazers did because the Blazers were turning the ball over all, all night. Like, that's what I was impressed with. You know, so again, like, you know, we as fans will typically, we'll get all upset with the refs. And, and sometimes it's justified, and this one it kind of is. Uh, but I'll look at it this way. Like, I really was impressed with the defensive intensity of this team, both the first and sec- second team units. They mm-hmm. caused, you know, 21 turnovers from the uh, the Portland Trailblazers that turned into 23 points. But again, like, Aiden got called on a couple. Which, I mean, we were watching the beginning of the game together, and, like, the first two mm-hmm. fouls that were on Aiden – one of them, like he was just in the area and they called him. And when, <laughs> yeah. when Jeremy Grant, you know, like, like did the up and under and like mm-hmm. Aiton was just like standing there. They're like, foul. He's like, I didn't even touch. And they showed the replays. Like he's not even close to touching the guy. It's like, were you standing at just the right angle where you saw something? Uh, and and we know that, it, and we know that it goes this way, right? We talked about it in our first podcast against the Mavericks, where the first half we felt like the refs were against us. And the second half, if you went into the subreddit for the, uh, for the uh, Dallas Mavericks, they thought the refs were against them. So, I mean, it's just, it's a give and take, and you have to kind of call it a wash a wash. Ultimately, it came down to, in the last you know minute and a half of the game, the Phoenix Suns just couldn't make a shot. Devin Booker had like a wide-open layup and just missed it. You know, it's like Jock Landell had a wide-open layup to that could have uh, 
tied the game, missed it. DA had two shots at the free throw, missed it. You know, so it's just like you can't put all the onus on the refs is I guess essentially what I'm saying. No, you can't. It kind of evens out where the Suns are so good at getting looks now. And like you have Mikhail really focused on getting to the rim. You have Booker where layups seem like his jump shot. His jump shot seems like a layup. And I, I think that the looks he got were so good. I can just tell like how frustrated he was. They just weren't oh, yeah. going in, especially Aiden too. Aiden had a lot of them out there where they just kind of just hit the back of the rim, barely and bouncing out a lot of those. Um, but I liked everything I saw offensively, really, except for a few turnovers here or there. That's the they seem to gel, especially the first team, and especially especially the second team looked really good. I thought. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I loved what we saw from the second team. Uh, but I think we gotta we gotta start with this guy because I mean it's this podcast. Watch. DeAndre Ayton this evening uh, went out in Portland, scored twenty six points, had a total of six rebounds, twelve of twenty two from the field, one of one from beyond the arc, uh, four turnovers, some bad passes on some passive plays, uh, three assists, and the five personal fouls. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on DeAndre Ayton tonight? Did you play the bad DeAndre Ayton mix for the Ayton watch where he fumbles the ball in the beginning? Yeah. It, like, if you if you watch the new Ayton watch drop, he fumbles the ball in the beginning, then he slams over Giannis in the next shot. Oh, so okay, I have like okay. the duality okay. of Ayton, the du- which is oh, kind of what sense. we saw okay. tonight from DeAndre Ayton. We saw the duality of him. Yeah, I thought he played pretty good. 22 shot attempts. I have to look up and see the last time he actually had that because they kept going to him. I know early we were watching the game together. He had the seven points early, and we're like, come on. like Don't let anything happen where it just kind of throws him off. He got the two fouls that were stupid, then he had to go to the bench. But they kept getting it back to him. And I think that um, Nurkic, too. Nurkic, in a way, has it for DA. But DA oh, yeah. still did pretty good against him. But Nurkic just knows like he's just too big. He's too mobile really for Aiden he can do whatever he really wants against him DA has the hardest time getting his body on him to get those Mm -hmm. boards and it's tough dude because I can just imagine going against Nurkic he's freaking huge I don't understand like how anybody can even box this guy out but I think DA kind of lost himself a little bit my favorite part was when he had um Lillard in front of him on a wide open layup late in the game and I was like yeah and he and and he just threw it out. He threw it out to the three point line. And then he was so mad oh, after yeah. that at himself. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Cause you realize you shouldn't have done that. You realize you could have just took it up. And then I was like, Oh, here's old DA. But then he kind of got it back towards the end. He was still finding himself. The team was finding him and he was like forcing shots that were necessary too. There wasn't anything that he was doing offensively. I feel like besides a few passes here or there that were terrible. I just I wanted to see, of course, like more of him and Book kind of work the two man game again. And you didn't see that too much. I know Book found him at the end of the game. That kind of helped, you know, get to, helped him get to the free throw line. And then EJ is talking about use your left hand. It was a good take. I think mm-hmm. Book. Uh, I think that Aiden just being there, ready for Book to like give him the ball because the double team happened towards the paint. That was good enough for me. I'm like, okay, plays like that just shows that you're actually improving. Overall, I think it was a really good game from DA. I know he missed the two free throws, but that situation he's not used to as much. Like he has to get used to that. But even like the best players, like LeBron, all these players miss those free throws, right? <laughs> to win the game yeah. or tie the game. So it's a it's a nice miss that went to Jacques up to the right. That was a good miss. Usually people make their actual free throws when they're supposed to miss it. 
Boy, it was a good miss. I want to say that. Like, that's weird to say, but it was a good miss free throw at the end that almost got us the tie game. Yeah, that was impressive. So, you know, looking, looking at DA, this is a great game from DA. You know, I get it. I see a lot of the Jamsters uh, live in the YouTube chat uh, and, and the Facebook chat as well. Shout out to the Facebook crowd. And, you know, they're like six rebounds. What the fuck? Uh, hmm. Listen, but go ahead and give us a thumbs up before I make my point. <laughs> Nurkic, is, Nurkic is a load. Okay, I mean, yes. what was Nurkic's final line? 20 points and 17 boards. Uh, only four on the offensive end, uh, but one of those came at the end of the game, and that was kind of a big one. I think it was uh, what they how they scored their last point or one of their last two points. Uh, if you look at it in their career against each other, DeAndre Ayton is now 1-4 against Yusuf Nurkic. Okay, he Yusuf Nurkic, what was his final plus minus on this game? Do you know? Uh, let me see. It was uh, zero flat. It was zero. So Why? he conti- he he continues to be a plus forty nine in his career against DeAndre Ayton and the Suns. Not DeAndre Ayton specifically, but the Suns. When he plays against game mm-hmm. in, in this is now five games he's played against the Suns, in which both he and DeAndre Ayton played. He's a plus forty nine. He's just one of those guys who DA has a hard time boxing out, and you can see it. And you and, and but that but to your point, Matthew, and I and I love that you made this point. You could see DA's frustration with it, and that's what makes me happy. He was pissed at himself on a couple different occasions. There was one time where he had the ball, and he threw it out to the perimeter, and he just threw it away. It was a bad pass, and he was pissed at himself. There's a time when he had Lillard on him. I don't think he really knew it was Lillard, but he felt somebody there, so he passed it right, out, right back out. He turned around, saw it was Lillard. He was pissed at himself. And you could see multiple times when he gave up an offensive rebound or, or Yusuf Nurkic beat him to a, a spot, he was pissed at himself. That's something yeah, that's a little yeah. bit different from DA in my perception. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, take, you know, maybe I am. But I like that he's pissed himself and he's not just kind of like, oh, well, because you know, that's what we get a lot of DA in the past was kind of that just like, yeah. oh, well, you know, so again, six rebounds against Yusuf Nurkic. I'm not going to put too much stock in that because you take a look and like Mikhail Bridges had seven. Cam Johnson, before he bummed out us on us again, uh, he had three. Booker had five. Mm-hmm. Paul had four. You know, uh, Damian Lee had four. So, I mean, a lot, or I'm sorry, had, Damian Lee had six. Uh, Jock Landell had four. So, I mean, a lot of other players, there was more of a team rebounding uh, sensibility about it, and he blocked them out as much as he could. I mean, 17 boards for one guy, that that's a lot. Could have been worse if DA wasn't there. So, I mean, again, yeah. you got to kind of, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. The guy had 26 points tonight. Did he miss the biggest shot of the night? Yeah. And to your point, how many times has DA stood at a free throw line on the road, down two points with seven seconds left, and he's got to make both? I can tell you right now the answer is zero. This is his first time doing that. And you yeah, know what? Yeah. Pissed at himself again. So we'll see what happens when we play the Clippers. But I know that pissed off DA is the DA that I want to see. And unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition. It would have been great if he ended with 28 points tonight or even something beyond that because this went to double overtime. But it be what it be. I'm not upset in any yeah. way perform with his performance he actually he just missed a lot of easier shots too like those ones go in that's the best thing is like seeing that he had the 22 attempts i love that and like him not getting the rebounds he was being pulled out a lot he actually didn't have a whole lot of help with nurkic i like mm-hmm. i think it was lee that missed a few it was like lee can't do much but like the the little passes inside on the crosses to the rim to nurkic like those were kind of easy because da was getting pulled out so that was tough but i love how da when he did miss a shot and kind of back 
backpedaled and the ball came out, he could have probably got the rebound. Yeah, yeah. And then you saw Kobe talking to him, and EJ even pointed it out, but Kobe said something. And the next time he did that, DA was there. He didn't get the board, but he stuck with it. It was the same exact kind of miss where it bounced back to him. He didn't get the board, but he went back towards the mm -hmm. rim. That's one thing he needs to continue to do. So it's weird seeing this development where it just seems like he gives a shit. Yeah. Even like, it's just, that's just the thing. It's, just and it's early shit. in the season, maybe by, you know, game 20, he won't, but it's noticeable. And I think that that's something that's valuable to take away. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and Josh Akogi, you know, the way that he played tonight, I think we'll transition cool. to Josh Akogi. I really enjoyed watching Josh Akogi tonight. Didn't have a massive impact on the game from a statistical standpoint. He was one of two from the field, had, uh, you know, the two points, had three total rebounds. Um, he had one steal, but I, he was just, he was a pest, you know, in the, uh, in the 13 minutes that he played tonight, he was part of that kind of defensive unit that was just pesky. And they, I mean, they started, I think the second quarter it was him, Chris Paul, uh, Damian Lee, Cameron Johnson, and Jock Landau. That was the starting five entering the second quarter for the Phoenix Suns. And that was a pesky unit. And they were, trapping uh dame lillard and anthony they were trapping anthony simons a lot tonight that was kind of you could tell it was a defensive strategy it's yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna run the ball at him and try to make it force him into decisions you know just to see how it goes for a little bit and they i think they did a really good job and josh akogi you know he's gonna be one of those players who low-key he, he we, we've talked about this in the offseason he's gonna give us the defensive intensity we want we know he's kind of a a zero offensively but as long as we can bring a guy in and he could shut guys down like Damian Lillard was not having a good night when he was on him. And that's one thing that I'll be looking for tomorrow when I look at kind of some of the advanced metrics and statistics relative to how, you know, Damian Lillard scored his points and who was on him. I bet you he didn't fare too well with uh, Josh Akogi on him. And, I, and that's something to put away in the back of your bank. You know, as we navigate this season and the second team unit is out there and the, the opposition starts to sub their guys in, Josh Akogi is going to take the Steph Curry's of the world and, you know, the people who are the offensive juggernauts and can at least shut them down for a little bit. Yeah, and you see like how Damian Lillard is being guarded by a Kogi and you have Mikhail on the other side. So he loses a Kogi and it's like, oh, hey, uh, oh, let me do a switch real quick. Yeah, Shit. that that's awesome. That's awesome because a Kogi showed a lot tonight. I loved his game. I know the stats weren't really there. But just had, uh, like having a star player like Lillard escape one guy that's almost a defensive player of the year, and mm -hmm. then you have a Kogi who's really showing up tonight, it was nice. And his better ball handling, too, I noticed tonight, too, a few takes to the rim. He just seems like the energy player that we want and need. Him and Lee, like, I love them off the bench, and I love it, like, if they're even in for, like, a Cameron Johnson or a Chris Paul. It's like, just end the game this way. I love the energy they bring. Those are the dudes that, like, get the 50-50 balls. And he is a menace on defense, man. It's It was something that we heard about coming in. Like, yeah. him looking at Mikhail, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get shit done. And now seeing it, even if it comes with a loss, like, he can provide really just great minutes for the Suns off the bench. A hundred percent. And you know what? He's He might get more of an opportunity to play off the bench because... Lights, Cameron, action. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Dude. So Where's he at? I don't know where he went. So he took a charge earlier in the game, and he was part again. He was part of that defensive unit that I mentioned. The beginning of the second quarter, Cameron Johnson's in there. Chris Paul's taking charges. Cameron Johnson's taking a charge. He goes down. Takes a long time to get back up. Kind of doesn't yeah. get himself back up. Plays for the remainder of the half. Doesn't come out at halftime. Eventually, does 
come back. I'm going to cough, so talk real quick. All right. When he doesn't come back out at halftime, I'm thinking like, oh, it's just like the uh, the thing at the Wedding Crashers where he keeps getting knocked down playing football. It's like, oh, he's <laughs> down again. It's like, no, it's like, dude, are you serious? Like, this is the one thing that's just going to be aggravating. He's like our Anthony Davis dude. right now, right? Dude, like he played six minutes in the third quarter and did he even play in the fourth? Let me pull up the old statistics here off of NBA.com. That's where I get all my statistics, just so you all know. He played 133 <laughs> in the fourth. Uh, and then he and then he was seen with, um, yeah, Low Sun says, Monty said he hurt his tailbone. Yeah, he took the charge, fell on his tailbone, and then he had a wrap, you know, around his torso for the remainder of the game in the fourth quarter. And it's just like, okay, preseason, boom, thumb. And then cramps the last game. And now it's tailbone. It's like, hey, everybody who What's was knocking up? the fact that James Jones didn't sign him to a four-year $85 million extension. You kind of see why? Yeah. Now, we knew exactly. we would talk about this anytime either he went off or he <laughs> was injured. Because he's been injury-prone since, since college. And it's not to take anything away from Cameron Johnson from a fandom standpoint. We love Cam Johnson, especially like this is a Cam Johnson po- pro podcast, okay? Mm-hmm. But he's a hard time staying healthy. And due to that, we've seen probably way more of Damian Lee than we probably expected thus far this year. The fourth quarter alone, Damian Lee played the entire fourth quarter. Damian Lee played 30 minutes tonight, you know? And it's because he's essentially, he's not built like a power forward. But the Phoenix Suns are kind of morphing Damian Lee into their three, and, and Mikhail's going to have to pick up some of those four minutes because Cam can't be out on the court, man. Yeah, and it's it's one thing where, like, if Cam is playing towards the end of the game, is Chris Paul sitting, right? Is If Cam if Cameron Johnson is actually healthy, can we have him out there with Lee? Because Lee's a guy that you just want to kind of end the game with. He plays that good. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's something where, dude, if this keeps happening – I don't know what to do with him because it's so early in the season, but like if he takes a charge, learn how to slide. I don't, I don't know. Like, how do you get hurt from every, every time he hits the ground now, I'm like freaking out. Like Anthony Anthony Davis, Davis. is he going to get back up? Just stay on your feet. Don't play so physical. Maybe he can't be that guy down and maybe he's not the power forward that we need. Right. Or that we're going to, that we're going to have now this year because Jay Crowder, right. Luke, Luke Carter says cam is like sideshow Bob stepping on rakes. Where he just goes back and forth, just stepping <laughs> on rakes back and forth. Yeah, good nice. shout out because yeah. you, you you got the uh, at Suns Illustrated, um, gave lets you use that background and the Suns looking yeah. at the Simpsons behind you. That's funny. Yeah, shit. there he is, right there. Yeah, right there. Just boom, another rake. Boom, another rake. It's just it's unfortunate because obviously we want great things from him. We're down Jay Crowder because uh, he's yeah. busy making another hype video, so he couldn't make it to the game again. And unfortunately, you know he gets hurt, but. In his stead is my friend. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. I'm loving Damien Lee, dude. I'm absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, you knew when you hit when you hit like a game winner to win the opening game. Like everybody's, awesome. you know, everybody loves Damien Lee. I was talking about in the offseason how I was excited to watch this guy play. Uh, he's physical. He plays with a certain tenacity. He's okay from beyond the arc. You know, you take a look at how he played tonight. Uh, two for six from the from the field, and both of those were three pointers. He had eight points, but he had six rebounds. Uh, he had five personal fouls because everybody had five personal fouls tonight. <laughs> I just, you know, this is a guy who's potentially going to be getting some minutes, and he's earning his playing time. And and I love again, you know, I wrote an article. I talked about this on this podcast. 
I wrote an article about it on uh, Bright Side of the Sun. Four people commented. No one gave a shit. But I'm serious. I think that the Phoenix Suns, their mentality with their second team unit is going to be we are going to tire out defensively. That's that's our identity rather than being your typical team that's trying to outscore you, that has the Jordan Clarkson's coming off the bench and having the guys who are just designed to shoot the three ball. They're like, shoot the three ball all day. We're going to try to defend the shit out of you and rebound the ball. And that's what they're doing between him and, and Jock Landell. Yeah, and they talk a lot too with the second unit. They talk a ton and they play very physical up towards even the perimeter. Like they're ready for it. Like Jock, if he's standing out there at the perimeter, like it's just it's intimidating, I feel like, because he just plays so physical from the perimeter to down to the down to the paint area. Like mm-hmm. he is just all over the place. But we oh, I'm sorry, Lee. I was gonna say we, but watch. So his new name is uh wide wee wee lee. I don't know if you guys like that one or not. Wide, wide, wee, 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 wee. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Big Dick Booker, it's Wide yeah, Wee Lee. Maybe that could be his name. Yeah, but like I said start, earlier, that dude, start to work. That could start to work. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a test run. Put it out there on Twitter. Yeah, let's try that one. And then he okay. he's a he's the 50-50 guy, right? Lee is. He's he was grabbing some boards like down on the paint where like, they were aggressively. They had, he had to get them like those are big boards where the Suns had to get those and he got them like one handed too. like he is he, he seems like a big player but he what is he like six five or something but he seems like he's six eight or something crazy out there man because he just plays so big and he's a wide wee wee lee man yeah blaze megatron says d lee has girth that's for sure that's for sure yeah and, and again definitely. you know another guy uh who has girth right alongside <laughs> there with him and you know, ultimately miss that shot. Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jack Landale. What's interesting about Jock Landale thus far is, you know, again, in this game, a game that included overtime, he had 14 minutes and 28 seconds played. And it was the same thing in the game against the Dallas Mavericks where he, he was effective in the minutes provided, but he didn't get a ton of minutes. Six points in this game, two of five from the field, including one of two from beyond the arc. Uh, he had a total of four rebounds, and he also had four personal fouls. So, you know, he's another one of those guys who we're, we're waiting for that really ooh, big P. Lee. That's pretty good, Luke Carter. Luke Carter's right. on fire in the chat today, okay? That's better than yours. I'm sorry. Are you? Can you admit that? Big P. Lee is better than... Uh, Wee Wee's funny, though. Yeah, Wee- Big P. Lee. Yeah, uh, I Matthew like doesn't it like fine. It. Matthew doesn't no, like it. No, I like it. it. I was excited for mine. I just messed it up, so then gonna sell it. <laughs> BDB and Lee's wide. We we weak and suck my jock. What the fuck? LOL. Yeah, ready. Yeah, Aww. Freddie. You know what this is. We just make a but. We just make dick and fart jokes. It's like the Suns jam session. Dick and fart jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, wait till we do Cameron Payne's fart. It's like Cam fart pain. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how how Monty is. Thus far, like we thought we'd see probably a little bit more of Lee than we are Lee of uh Landell than we currently are, right? Yeah, it seems like when he's in there, it's like all right, insert Jock, and like he kind of replaces Aiden pretty well. Like he can do a lot of the same stuff, I feel like. Well, maybe of course not as good, but I just I don't know. The fouls come, and then you're just like, oh, he's in there, and all of a sudden he's gone. It's like, where the fuck is Jock? Because he hit that big three towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the third. And yeah. I'm like, this guy just doesn't care. Like he's going to shoot whatever he wants. And he's, he's a guy that you want to continue to see more. I hope it's not one of those things where Monty, you know, kind of just keeps him restricted in a way minutes. I don't know because he needs to be out there all the time. Cause I swear like him and drew Eubanks 
we're about to go at it. I feel like yeah. Eubanks had that big dunk, and he and it should have been a technical hanging on the rim. Then after that, on the other side, it looked like Jock just wanted to go punch him, but he was held back. I don't know what they're doing, but that's just what Jacques does, right? He just irritates the other team, and you're going to have one of those nights where there might be a fist fight and or maybe a potential my, fist fight my money's because on, of Jacques. My money's on Jacques, man. That's yeah, he's intense. Lies. He is just even like going up to the free throw line. He just looks intense, dude. I I would be scared of this dude coming off the bench for sure. It's, it's definitely the haircut. It's definitely the haircut. Uh, I, I, so I want to talk a little bit about point guard play. I'm going to start with our bench and I'm going to go into our starting. But, you know, when you, when, when you look at the, the backup point guard. Here comes the pain. What was interesting tonight about Cameron Payne, right? 16.5 minutes played or 16 and a half minutes played. He's one of three from the field. He had five total points. All those came in the first quarter, Matthew. He came out and he yeah. went great in the first quarter. He he was he was quick, he was fast. And you got to remember, like one of the, the challenges that we have with Cameron Payne is the past season, and I was thinking about this a lot because obviously I've been riding Cameron Payne pretty hard because I'm frustrated with the fact that he's not who he used to be. But he also had lower extremity injuries last year. And last game he looked good, especially in the fourth quarter. Then he came out in the first quarter, this one, and looked great, and then disappeared. What happened to Cameron Payne? Oh, we'll be asking that. So we actually trade for the one point guard that can actually back up this first team where it makes sense. And he's like the missing piece that that point guard that we need because Cameron Payne's obviously not that. We just need that one piece. Like everybody else you look at, it's pretty good. You know, I'm scared of watching teams like the Warriors, um, just teams that are really deep. And I'm just like, dude, if we get, you know, into the playoffs with these teams, I mean, far, far away. But like we need that guy that can actually run this offense. Like he can come in and be hot. He can. Yeah. But that can't just be our point guard. We need someone to come in and that can fill that void where you have Lee, you have a Kogi, you have Lindell that are just they they they're shit shows out there, dude. They there's fucking crazy basketball players out there just making plays. I feel like every game, and it's only been two games, but it's been a lot. I feel like they've been making plays every quarter. But then you have Cameron Payne that's just like up and down. He just kind of sways that second team to kind of just go the way he's going. And that just kind of sucks because he did come out hot. And I was like, oh, nice. Here we go. The second unit is playing good with him. It just kind of goes. They, they left him kind of wide open, too, from three. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, yeah, go ahead and take that shot. We know you like to shoot two or three feet behind the line. And if he's not hitting it, dude, it just it's ugly. And it can turn the game around. It kind of did. Yeah, I just, like, I want to know, you know, Landry Shamit's hurt with a hip right now. And I oh, really want to I really want to see him run point. Like, I'm. I'm gonna start beating oh, that drum pretty loud because he's not he he's not a zero on defense. And I think you put him out there with that second team unit running point, something that he did at Wichita State for I think four years is what he played there, at least three. And mm-hmm. you know, he came into the NBA, he's been asked to be a shooting guard everywhere he goes. He's the backup shooting guard. That's what the Suns have asked from him. You're our spot up shooting guard. And we've seen him in, in little spurts have the ability to be a shot creator and a distributor. And I think if you kind of because again, like campaign just just didn't just became completely invisible tonight. You know, his final score, or, or he, he ended up with how many assists? How many assisted? I want to guess one. I'm gonna one is right correct. Now. Yeah, one is correct. He five, he played 16, almost 17 minutes, five points, one assist, two turnovers. 
Unacceptable. Oh, here, it here it is, John. Los Suns. Why not oh, Washington Minutes? There it is. Oh, man. I'm not the one who just got butt-fucked on national TV, Dwayne. Washington. That People are going to start asking that, too. Yep. 11 turnover Washington. 11 turnover it. Washington. That's right. 11 turnovers in a preseason game against Sacramento. I'm going to mention that until, <laughs> until he does otherwise. He had 30-something points, but he had 11 turnovers. You know, I want I want to see Shamit. I just want to see it. You know, I'm just I'm going to throw Let's that out. Campaign. I'm not going to rail him. I just no, I want to know where, where the fuck did you – you know where he was. The whole time, um, he was hanging out with 10-minute uh, Tory Craig. That's who he was hanging out with. Like, it's interesting. You know, you take a look at his bench. Okay, an overtime game, right? So that's what, 48 plus five? That's what, 53 total minutes in the game? Here's how the bench rotation worked out, and we know that Cam Johnson was a big part of this, right? So from a starting standpoint, Mikhail Bridges had 37. Cam had the 22. uh, 38 from Aiton, 44 from Booker, 36 from Chris Paul. Torrey Craig only had 10. Uh, Bismack Biombo had one second. He was in there for that last play. Uh, Josh Okogie had 13, Jock Lando had 14, Campaign had 16, and then Damian Lee had 30. So it's interesting because Torrey Craig, you know, you think with Johnson out, Torrey Craig's going to get some lug. You think that Cameron Payne's going to be out there a little bit more. Monty really just rode the starters tonight, and then he brought in the defensive schemes to try to disrupt the Portland offensive attack. So it's just, again, it's going to be interesting as the season progresses to see how Monty addresses the absence of campaign. If Landry Shamit is back, maybe we see some of that. And maybe we will see some Dwayne. You know, Coda Kid's right. You know, elite jamster Coda Kid. If you want to be elite jamster, hit join in the chat. He says, Dwayne is a two-way for a reason. We always have to remember that. Same thing with Ish Smith or, or Ish Wainwright. Ish Smith, fuck me. Ish Wainwright. We we like him, but like if we're calling for two-way players to be our backup point guard, that's how you know we're fucked. Okay. So we're already, yeah. So it's already over, right? I mean, if we're calling out for Washington, it's kind of over. The second yeah, game. we've already given up pain. In the second game, we've already given just, up on pain. And I'm not calling for Washington. I want Landry Shamit. Yeah, I think and our I'm, guard I'm depth that's good too. enough. That was like the one thing last year when we talked about Shamit was his point guard play. It was kind of yeah. pretty decent. It looked pretty good. Um, I can see that happening because Monty loves Shamit. So if Shamit could take up those pain minutes, let's see. It's not, it's not one of those things too, like this season where it's just like, oh, let's give. Let's give Payne some more, you know, time or whatever. It's like, I think this is just who he is. You know I mean? It's not like Chris Paul right now. We're obviously Chris Paul is the best point guard ever. One of them where it's just like, oh, let him get into the groove. Let him find himself a little bit because he needs to. Payne is just who he is, dude. It's going to be a lot of hit and miss nights where it's not going to cost us a game, but we definitely need that guy to help this bench because they're playing their ass off. Yeah. And we just and need, they that need point somebody guard. who on the offensive end who can kind of distribute to them and, and set them up for success. But you mentioned Chris Paul, and I think that's a, the next avenue we should go down because it's a, yeah. definitely worth a discussion. The point guard. 36 minutes played tonight for Chris Paul, 5 of 11 from the field, only 0 for 1 from beyond the arc. He had 10 points. He had five steals tonight. He had. 12 assists and four rebounds and only one turnover. So 12 to one on turnovers. So I'm starting to see a lot of things in the chat. Chris Paul's wash this, that Chris Paul. And and they're they're saying that he's passive and old and I get it. But at the same time, like he didn't have statistically, he didn't have one of the worst games. He's attacking when he, you know, he's attacking in spurts because he's old because he's (laughs) on the brink of being washed, you know, 
And I think that, you know, when you have that 12 to one assist to, to turnover ratio, I think it's more of, we need to continue that kind of offense when he's off the court. Uh, so we get a, a, but yeah, Kiko says not impactful and not aggressive. Yeah. Those are both facts. So t- tell me what you've seen from Chris Paul for the first two games. Okay, so I'm not worried about him and like how he is washed. I don't think that's really a thing this year. I think he's really just easing himself into it. But it, can't, but it can't be to the point where he's easing himself and throwing cross-court passes to get picked off and turn the game around. Yes. Because that one pass towards the end, and I'm sorry, I think someone actually did. I started this one. Uh, Stefan Leonides, whatever. Dumb-ass screenplay, Chris Paul turnover is what hurt us. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the one play at the end. It's like... Dude, that's like things where you see that from Chris Paul's whole career. He did it here in Phoenix already where there's just plays he makes towards the end of games that are stupid. It doesn't make any sense, and we just can't have that. Like last night when you end the game, it was Lee and Johnson right in there. No Chris Paul. Cameron Johnson was Correct. in there. La- so, oh, what, last game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Johnson was having cramps. Okay, okay. I Well, I know Chris Paul was it's, in him. He, but, was on his, he was on his period. And it was another, it was another close game, right? But yeah. We can't blame this game on Chris Paul for losing it. Um, I think that he is at a, in a time in his career. Yes, I mean if you see the commercials, Father Time against LeBron James, like yeah. there's Chris Paul in that, right? Those cheesy ass commercials that make no fucking sense. Um, I, I just think that Chris Paul will be okay, and it's just take time. I don't. It's two games. It's gonna in. take a I'd lot of time. I'd rather be this way, and I'm, I like how it's not forced either. I like how Monty did last game, just kind of be like, you know what, you're not gonna finish. We'll have more of those games this year, I think. Well, and one of the quotes that Chris Paul said after the game last last game was campaign was playing well. And he told Monty, like, listen, he's playing well. Don't pull him. You know, yeah. why would why would I go up there and, and disrupt it? And, and I respect that from Chris Paul. That's what we've been waiting for Chris Paul to do for a couple of years. It's like, hey, don't force yourself into a situation. Chris Paul also hit a nice jumper. It was in, in regular season or overtime, but he, he hit a nice jumper uh, that the team needed at the time. So I, yeah. I'm with you. I, I, you know, I, do I think he's old? Yeah, like duh, he's old. Is he battling father father time? Sure. Um, is he worth what 24 million? Probably not. But at the same time, like he's he's going to ease himself into the season. He's not going to be overly aggressive because this is the best opportunity I think for the Phoenix Suns at the beginning of the season is to learn how to play without Chris Paul. Because think about what hurt this team in the playoffs last season. They were so Chris Paul dependent during the regular season that when the postseason came and the opposition, both in the Pelicans and the Dallas Mavericks, decided, hey, we're taking Chris Paul out of the game. The Phoenix Suns didn't know how to fucking function. They were lost, and we saw it. And now what they're doing is Chris Paul's being more passive, and Mikael Bridges is bringing the ball up, and Cam Johnson's doing it, and obviously Booker's doing it. And we're seeing that more, and now we're like, we're pissed because Chris Paul doesn't have the ball in his hands at all times. It's like, no. This team needs to, ha- to learn how to function without Chris Paul, and it's nice having him out there on the court because if they start a possession and it, and, it, and they run a set and it hits a dead end, they can dish it to Chris Paul and he can reset the possession and dictate accordingly. So you got to see this as a good thing. He's not he's not overly involved. We don't want him to be overly involved. We don't. We want this team to know how to be self sufficient without his assistance, even while he's on the court. So when that happens, when they start to take away our point god, we're ready for it this time. Yeah, and Booker did a good job, too. I know he missed those shots, but he was finding a shot still, even with Chris Paul struggling. But Chris Paul did hit that shot at the end of the game. That was huge. And he will continue to do that, dude. Like, I just know that game's coming up, game five, game six, where he's going to hit those shots in the fourth quarter to give us a win. It's still there. The shots are still oh, yeah. there. He even got some layups. He's fine, dude. I'm I'm okay with him and the way he's playing. I know everyone's worried, but, dude, 
I think it's fine. And a little shout out to uh oh sorry, where did oh, I oh, go? Sorry, oh, I was oh, in. Oh. Really quick, uh, Rajon Monroe, the first yeah. resident in Amsterdam, actually. So hey. thank you, Rajon, RJ. Uh, my wife's rolling at the period jokes. So I just want to. Well, yeah. I mean, when you got when you got cramps and then your back, your lower back's hurt, and we know what's going on, Cam. Like, just grab the tampon and carry on. You know. Uh, <laughs> quick on, reminder: man. if you're interested in joining Sons Jamsterdam, visit sonsjamsterdam.com and email sonsjamsterdam at gmail.com for access to do so it's a virtual world where you can hang out with your fellow jamsters watch highlights collect jamster bucks and do all kinds of fun stuff created by oops this guy this guy well yeah this guy oh, here. very very fun stuff there a couple of things i want to get to before we get to the jam star and we talk about our bet on it poll that we put out on twitter today <laughs> you got to give it up to devin booker big dick booker have to play at another level this season for this team obviously to be successful we've said that we agree he ended with 33 points not super efficient but efficient enough he was 11 of 23 from the field three of seven from beyond the arc eight of nine from the free throw line had five rebounds and three assists uh a a steal a turnover what'd you see from devin booker tonight matthew uh, it was great. I kind of wanted more. I feel like there were some parts of the game where he had the ball and, you know, it was a, it was a wide open shot. You know, it, it looked like it was there from my, my vantage point. I'm like, come on, just throw that one up. It was either from three from two, but he kind of dribbled out of it. He kind of passed out of some of them more aggressive book like tonight is what's going to get the win. But then towards the end, like I said, he had those shots. He mm-hmm. had those good looks. So he, he's just at a different level now, man. And there's, there's certain things that he's doing in the game where it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like last year's book towards the rim. It seems like he's a little bit longer now. It seems like he actually is able to hops. get those. He does like he's like, it's more stretched out or something going towards the rim. He's more just aggressive or something. It just, something stood out to me about that. Um, but his overall game, man, like it's getting better, but we just need that. Like, you know, the, the, the commitment to just being a book game kind of in a way, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Kind of like mm-hmm. Dame kind of tried to do tonight. But we know book has it in them. I just, I just wanted to see a few more extra shot attempts. That's it. Just it's, a little it, bit. It's tough because book scores thirty three, and there's like ten points he left out there tonight. You know, it's ten oh, at easy. the rim. Yeah. The the Phoenix Suns had the, had the ball as time was expiring or close to it at the end of regulation, and Booker did the hop away from the defender, shoot a three, which I don't think he's ever made at the end of a game. Like he's made a lot of difficult shots and some amazing buzzer beaters, but the one where it's like he does the James Harden step back three it's not one of them that's not it he should have and had the opportunity to go to the rim now again there's the issue with Devin Booker he just doesn't get some of those calls for some reason he doesn't know how to correctly draw the contact at all times where he can get the the officials I think he had a great play at the end of the game the end of the game he goes down the middle he drives up he drops the ball off to DA and DA gets fouled I thought it was a great play that's some keep that one in the back of your mind Jamsters that play where Devin Booker goes right he draws the, the defense. He goes up at the rim, and he just does a little uh, drop-off pass to D.A., and Eddie was right. Eddie's like, if, if D.A. had gone up with his left hand, that would have been an and one. But he went up with his right, and he got fouled, and ultimately he missed the last two free throws. So, you know, Devin Booker, you know, he's already having a great season to start. We just got to see it continue. I mean, you can't fault the guy. He carried the team as per usual. Uh, Black Sunday hit us up in the Super Chat. Five bucks in the Super Chat. Thank you ever so much for that, Black Sunday. We appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the show. You know, if you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. Just hit us up on YouTube, watch live, 
and hit those thumbs up buttons and all that fun stuff. Help us create this fun content for you to include Jamsterdam. Uh, DA was getting destroyed by Nurkic in the fourth, and Cam J is injured again. And he's just got like the hand over the head emoji. It's like, yeah, that's that's just the way it is. That's the way it is sometimes. Some never change. Uh, I do want to talk about this guy just briefly. The award. I'm I'm really liking what I see from Mikhail Bridges thus far this this season. You know, 37 minutes. He was six of ten from the field for 13 points. Uh, he had seven total rebounds, six total assists, and is really great in fast break. I mean, he, it transition Mikhail is very very tough to stop due to his length. He's a little beefier now, so he has the ability to really yeah. finish at the rim now, and it's. It's something that I hope the the team continues to try to exploit and grow uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, he actually looks like an NBA player out there. His body yeah. is he he's filled into his body for sure. So aggressive getting to the rim, like so focused on it. Where, where we were talking about earlier, he just doesn't even care about the three. It seems like anymore as much as him getting to the rim. He just needs his other partner, man. Yeah, like I don't think I don't know how. Twin. Yeah, I don't know how well he can do if like he's not out there. Dude. And twins. Yeah, stupid, dude. So dumb. Oh, man, those twins, man. Yeah, I just, I think what Mikhail, there's another level for Mikhail, and he's starting to hit it, right? You know, again, we're so early in the season. We saw it in the preseason, the first game of the preseason, the one that they lost to the 36ers. Mikhail was just, and it wasn't just in transition. He was just attacking the rim. And we saw it late in the game where, you know, he did miss a free throw, a pretty clutch free throw would have been really big, but he slipped a screen real quick. They got him the ball and he went right to the room. And he got fouled, but it's like that quick slip, slip screen thing that he does. It's I mean, just his growth is, is going to be paramount to the success of this team this year. And what we saw from him tonight, I think once again, echoes, it's like, there's so much talent there. They just gotta, they just, they just gotta tap into it a little bit more. He's got to tap into it a little bit more. 13 points with his twin being missing. You know, your starting power forward's gone, so you have to assume some of that role. Now, granted, like he's playing defense and, he, and he's doing what he does on that end of the court, but, you know, 16, 17 points for Mikhail should be on the regular. Oh, yeah, for you sure, know? man. I don't want those Josh Jackson numbers, dude. Come on, <laughs> give us some real shit. And then lastly, where was this guy tonight? The Sarge Smoke Break. Do you think it's simply because of a matchup? that they didn't play Dario Sarch, that Dario Sarch will enter games when the matchup is appropriate, which is damn near almost never because he's so goddamn unath- unathletic or where, where, where was Dario tonight, man? I was waiting. I for think they just break. I think they just like Jacques more. I think Jacques just taking his well, minutes. They I think should. That's all it is. They should. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, who knows if Sarch is ever really a serious thing for the Suns anymore, which is kind of disappointing. I just want to see like a game where he gets some real minutes. I don't know if there's a trade coming up or something because Honestly, like, dude, from head to toe, this team, even if Chris Paul gets back to his self last year, this is not enough to win a championship. I know the bench is playing fucking great, but there's just one thing that's missing from this team. I'm serious. Like, when you watch other teams like the Warriors, I'm like, if you're going to win something, it's early, but they need that one more. They need one more thing. Yeah. And that's, I'm just that's thinking for sure. maybe he's not playing because of that. I don't know. I just, I feel like he should be getting some minutes early in the season. So it's the whole, you know, it's like the Jalen Smith conversation last year where he wasn't playing and we're like, well, we're trying to preserve him because we yeah. already know the best version of him is out there. And then they played him a little bit and he played, looked really good. And then they traded him. Is it like that? Maybe not as bad as that. Okay. That was okay. bad. Fair enough. Um, 
the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So, Matthew, were you hanging out on the Blazers Rip City <laughs> Suns uh, uh, subreddit this game? You know, I told myself before the game, like, hey, it's your turn. I just didn't fucking do it. I forgot. I figured there you go. Know. Way to set me up, man. Wow. Way to make me look like an idiot. Wow, it was your turn, Matthew. God, it damn, was my on turn. A bench. <laughs> oh, it's your turn next time now. Well, I got one thing. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I got to do it again. Uh, one thing I did see on the subreddit takeout or, or the 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 ugh, the Blazers it, yeah. subreddit, which is our Rip City, which I don't even get it. What does Rip City even mean? Oh, it's um. I don't know. Actually, don't like, they rip the shirts it, off a lot? I guess maybe there's a bunch of off? shirt rippers out there, and that's why it's Rip City. <laughs> but somebody off. said Dame telling Aiden he ain't that dude, and being right is all time big balls. Because right before De- because when right before DeAndre Aiden had to take that free throw, Dame Lillard was right behind him just talking shit. You could see it. Oh, that, okay. kind of that happens all the time, man. Yeah, that does happen all the time. But man, it worked. It worked. So. All right, we have a new segment here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. The Suns Jam Session. Bet on it. 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 Brought to you by Sahara Bets, the newest place to win some money. All right, so Sahara Bets, it's one of those uh, new places where you can spend your money and make some money. So one thing, we're partnering up with them. They're, they're one of the newer sports books. Uh, for those of you who've been to Vegas, you've been to the Sahara Hotel. It's absolutely beautiful. And their whole ownership group is actually rolling out a brand new app for you guys to use. So what we're doing in partnership with them is before games on Twitter, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put out a Sahara Bets Suns Jam poll. And we'll pick one of the lines from the game. And we're going to ask you guys, the Jamsters, what you think we should bet our money on. So today we said, okay, let's go with Devin Booker's total assists. And we said over five and a half or under five and a half. Over five and a half was negative 105. And under was negative 135. Uh, and if you wanted to win a prize, we're doing a, a Suns prize pack. All you had to do was follow Sahara Bets on Twitter and comment below with what you think was going to occur. Um, only one person did, and that was Sunders Dunks. Shout out to Sunders Dunks. And he bet the over on this one. Over, Devin Booker says 5.5. Matthew, how many assists Devin Booker have? Six. Let's go, dude. Did he really? I thought three. He had... No, he had three. Devin Booker assists three. So it was the under. Yeah. So unfortunately, Sundress Dunks, thanks you, thank you for following Sahara Bets, and thank you for commenting. But unfortunately, there's no winner this time. So we'll be doing this again before the next game. Make sure you follow us on at Suns Jam. You can win some free shit. It's always fantastic. Uh, and follow Sahara Bets. And, you know, let's make some money together. Because I figured, Matthew, if we got all the jamsters together and we go on Sahara Bets, and we start winning some of these fucking bets. Guess what we can do? We can buy the Suns from Robert Sarver. Oh, is that's, that what you want to do? That's I thought you were going to give me plan. a jersey. Yeah, okay. No. We could do that. I thought I was going to get a Cam, Cam No, Johnson I want, the, I want the fucking team, bro. I want the oh, team. Okay. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, Sunday morning before the Clippers game, we'll put out a line. Make sure you vote on it. Follow Sahara Bets and comment below on what your vote was. And you could win a Suns prize pack courtesy of Sahara Bets. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, reminder subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button down below, and let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Uh, Matthew, I think you went first 
Last, I did. I did. All right. Yes. Um, I'm going. God, this is tough. That is. I went DA on the last game. Do I go two for two with DA? Do I go two for two for DA? No, because he missed the fucking free throw. I'm going with Devin Booker on this one. <laughs> Devin Booker, 33 points. Yeah. Uh, just rock solid, man. I mean, how many points did he score in the first game? Was it 28? 28, yeah. He finally got over 30. I want to see those points. I want to be selfish with him, dude, where he just continues to get points to get over that Tom Chambers line. He's averaging 30.5 points per game this season. Let's go. Beat the TC. Beat the TC line. I'm with it. Jam star of the game, Devin Booker. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's who I got, too. Um, You know, it's nice, though, how Aiden is almost a jam star at the second game. That means we're going places with this dude. Well, I mean, him and Booker are our offense right now, and that's fantastic. And we have a great defensive second team. We just got to fill in some of those gaps, right? And then that's how you win the games, and we almost won this one, so. Exactly, man. All right, so Ted Lubin says, Book, Coda Kid gives it to DeAndre fucking Aiden. Floppy Socks 44 gives it to Book. Los Suns gives it to Lee. Uh, Kiko gives it to Blaze because both point guards are not aggressive. Uh, Blaze Megatron must have said that <laughs> earlier. Uh, Mario Lopez gives it to Book. We also have Shauna Liz. She's dropping it to DA. Blaze Megatron. Lissy, I want I, I want a jersey, <laughs> Voida. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. Lissy, I want a jersey, Voida. I want the team. Lissy, do I still get a jersey? It'll never happen, man. Great. Uh, Kiko says book. Eddie Johnson's commentary from uh, Stefan. Uh, Rajon T. Monroe, the first member of Jamsterdam, says book as well. Uh, DA was rough in the fourth until the last two minutes. So, um, and then Mario, yeah, book Jamstar. So, I mean, again, yeah, that's that, that's where they need to live. That's, I mean, that's who we should be going with on these games. Looking at the next game. Next time we'll be coming to you live right after a game. We're playing the Clippers. The Clippers oh. on... Sunday night. It's going to be an NBA uh, TV game. The Los Angeles Clippers are currently are they? They're just one and zero, right? Did they play tonight? Yeah, they just played. No, they played their first game last night against the Lakers. That was their first one, I believe. So, yeah, these schmucks. Uh, Yeah, so they 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 played the Lakers in their first game of the season. They beat them by a final score of one hundred three to ninety seven. They do play the Clippers tomorrow, so they'll be playing a back to back. but it's in Sacramento, and then it's coming home to Phoenix. What what are we watching for in this one, Matthew? Well, you're not going to see a whole lot of Kawhi Leonard. I guess Kawhi's playing like six minutes a half or something right now. That's what he something started like out that. at. Yeah. So he, it's he nice. He ended so, up with 20, 21 minutes in the game against the Lakers. Yeah, very deep team, of course. Uh, we were scared about you know the depth that they had, and then they have Paul George coming back with Kawhi. So they both look good out there. Paul George looked good last night. I just think that um, you know, they kind of got away with the win. They play the Lakers with LeBron kind of gives up on their on his team already and talking to the bench. I just I, I'm I'm excited for the Suns in this one because I think Kawhi being out and not really playing a full game right now, I think they can get the win. There's just something with the Clippers though, where everyone's super scared of. It's because they just, you know, the they names. have that it's the name, right? Yeah. Oh, the names or the name? Like the, the Clipper names. name? No, <laughs> the like, name. No, there's no, yeah, no Clipper. It's, it's like, name. you know, they cut me, right? Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sailboat. No, they. You know what? The Suns have a chance in this one, but I'll, I'm excited to see this because I think this is a real contender this year too. If they can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a lot of people are picking this and, and or the Warriors, not mm-hmm. and or, but or the Warriors or the Suns 
to win the Pacific Division, and it's the Clippers or the Warriors that they're picking to win the Western Conference. And, you know, Paul George, Avica Zubak, John Wall came off the bench the other night. Kawhi Leonard's coming off the bench. Robert Covington's coming off the bench. Luke Kennard's coming off the bench. Like, those four players alone could be starters in other organizations. What I'm watching for in this game is the bench. It's to see how our bench responds to playing the Clippers, a team who, you know, you, oh, it's the second night of a back-to-back. That's a good thing for a team, right? They're playing in rhythm, okay? Yeah. Phoenix is coming down to L.A. They're going to be there probably for a night, and, you know, Maybe they're going out to the, the clubs and such, and who knows? They're going to be watch, looking, hanging out at bars with little people with big heads and like they have in Hollywood, all those <laughs> actors and such. Yeah. So all the pedophiles. It, I'm really going to oh. be looking to see whether or not the Phoenix Suns second team can really do a good job playing that defense against a team that has a very good bench. We're going to re- it's going to be a good early season benchmark test for this team because you know the Phoenix Suns are here in the chatter too and they know that's this as well. They want an opportunity to try to show who they are against this team. So who wins? I'm going to go um I'm going to go Clippers. I don't know why. I think it's because Suns lost obviously, but there's just something where the Suns just still seem weaker than what the Warriors and Clippers are potentially. The Clippers are potentially. Yeah, I think the Clips do take this one. I'm scared of. There's a lot of teams out west. I'm scared of, and uh, Clippers are definitely one. Yeah, I I'm definitely scared of them as well. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, we're going to be returning home, and and when the Suns are done with this, I think they're home for like six games. We have like a six game home stand ahead of us. Okay. So if I remember correctly, and I think they come home one and two. I really do. I think it's a it's a it's a road trip where. A couple bad things happen. A couple losses happen. I think it's a good opportunity for the Suns to get right, have kind of a second training camp, uh, get healthy, and see what happens. But I, I honestly think that they uh, they lose on this one. Mm-hmm. No. So there you go. It sucks, right? Yeah, kind well, of. you know, that's life. Like well, I said, 49-33. Yeah. You go 49-33, oh, you when, when you learn, lose the fucking Blazers. So uh, anything else you want to talk about? Anything you missed? Or I missed, Matthew. Oh, tonight. No, it's just, uh, you know, Blaze was talking about Cameron Johnson and just, oh, I'm really down about it, dude. Yeah. I really am. It's not no, looking like. No jersey for you. Just play a full game, please. <laughs> please it. just give me a full Let's game. See it Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on that note, Jamsters, thank you for hanging out with us on this Friday night after our son's loss to the Portland Trailblazers. We appreciate you. you. We appreciate that everyone commenting. We appreciate everybody who dropped a little coin in the super chat make sure you subscribe rate and review you give us a thumbs up here on youtube go to sunsjamsterdan.com hang out there go to sahara bets and make sure that you're all signed up and you like them on twitter so you could be a part of our next uh, poll there and you have an opportunity to win a sun's prize pack until sunday night everybody have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you then yeah go home and love your family everybody whoop whoop